All right, this is episode two of Bullpen Chat. I'm Chris Gadu. And I'm Mark Ducharme from the Vermont Bullpen. Oh, the Vermont Bullpen. Great. The, okay. the visiting bullpen. The visiting bullpen. Okay. Visitors. Uh, Okay, so today we're going to talk about the Red Sox offseason, and I sent you a list of the transactions, but you really didn't want to go transaction by transaction, but I think that might be a good way to start, or you have a different plan? No, we, we could go transaction by transaction, but maybe prioritize. Like, I'm not sure we need to spend a lot of time on the signing of Matt Hoffman or Humberto Cantaro. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't include those guys. I mean, I, I sent you a list of guys, but, um, well, I'll just start us off. So, uh, first on the hit prey was Hanley Ramirez. Mm. What do you think of Hanley? Well, I kind of put Hanley Ramirez in the sort of the whole sort of stir fry of we have put a lot in the mix there to change our offensive output. So I I don't think uh, Hanley alone is, is going to be this incredible impact, but I think Hanley and company is going to make a big difference in the Red Sox lineup in terms of protecting Ortiz, taking the pressure off Ortiz, taking the spotlight off our sophomoric slumping shortstop Bogarts and, you know, let some people relax a little bit. So I'm, I think it's a great move. Yeah, I, I was pleased with it. I think, you know, as long as he's not going to play shortstop and put, <laughs> put, put Xander, you know, in more period of confusion like last year, that was a bad, um, I think that was a bad personnel decision. I think they really messed with, hand, uh, with uh, Xander's head, and um, that was not a good thing at that point. My, my worry with Hanley is, and with everyone, is his health, right? So he only, at age 28, he played 157 games. Age 29, 86 games. Age 30, 128 games. When he's healthy, the guy hits, right? He's a great hitter. He's a great hitter. There's lots of question about his makeup in the clubhouse and the 2013 team really, you know, pushed that sort of chemistry to the brink of you know, sending the stat heads, you know, on a long walk on a short pier in terms of their relevance. But, you know, winning makes up for a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, mistakes that are made. And I think last year, you know, the Red Sox got out of the gate slumping, you know, they tried to capture last year's magic. Um, It's sort of like, you know, the Red Sox can't really operate as much as they'd like to. They can't operate like the Royals. There's so much outside interference and pressure that, you know, that I, I don't really feel like the Duquettes and the Epsteins, that they operate in isolation. I, I think as much as they deny it, I think they are heavily impact on, impacted on the decision I'm making, what's the fallout going to be, you know? So the, the move of Bogarts falls under that category. You're so, totally right. He should have been left alone. They shouldn't have gotten near that guy, you know? Yeah, I, I, I do wonder if that is what goes through their head. I mean, I think at some point these guys seem so set in the way they want to do things statistically and personnel driven decisions that do you really think what fans think makes a difference to them uh not just 
fans, but I, I, I think it's just the perception of uh, and, and expectations of, of a franchise. So, yeah, I, you know, how else do you explain um, the move of Bogarts? You know, I just... I'm not saying it's like the final say, I guess, but it definitely, I think it Im- impacted the Red Sox decision-making last year. Um, certainly not the previous off-season, certainly not this off-season. You know, everybody was crying themselves to sleep over John Lester. You and I could have cared less. You know, Lester was great, loved him. Uh, you know, more more joy to him in L.A. or Chicago, Chicago, and let him, let him have a great time. But we're going to be fine without him. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think we will be fine without him. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't know what drove the decision to get Stephen Drew last year. I mean, it was this perception that he was such a great defender and Xander was kind of weak. And I think the lack of any production from our third base last year drove them to say, I think, well, we'll move Xander over for a one-year fix while we bring in Drew. And... You know, Xander will be okay with that. And I just don't really think they thought through the impact they'd have on a 22-year-old, right? right, on his psyche, which is kind of weird to me. You'd think this this administration of the Red Sox is pretty in tune with that stuff, you'd, you'd kind of think, right? I think they got fooled with their success in 2013. Yeah. I, I really think so. I think, I think Drew... I don't think it was a perception. He was fantastic in the field in 2013. He just made all the routine plays and the occasional spectacular play and was really smart. And I think that alongside with, you know, exceptional play at the plate by Napoli, you know, just lots of things in a, uh, in isolation really came into play last year, and, uh, excuse me, 2013. And I think last year was just sort of like, oh, no. Let's try to capture some of that magic back, you know, and, and, and it was like, you know, it was like right in front of us, you know, Middlebrooks, get rid of him, you know? Just, yeah, but, but that, that, that's what, I mean, Middlebrooks was no great shakes in 2013. Right. And, I, I mean, I think what happened last year was uh, the injury to Victorino hurt. Mm. Napoli was hurt most of the season. Right. And those two <clears throat> points of production in the lineup Hurt not not having them. Well, that that brings me to what I think is the the biggest transaction in the off season. Chris is is Mike Napoli. Mike Napoli's surgery for sleep apnea, I think, is going to have the biggest impact on that team. Well, it might, it might. There's no doubt. Uh, there's about no that. might. When you look up uh, sleep apnea, you get uh, you don't sleep well, and people with sleep apnea have difficulty concentrating. During the day, they they suffer severe daytime drowsiness. At night, they're they're filled with uh, ir- irritability. They're moody. They're depressed. This is your first baseman. This is your cleanup hitter, and the guy's not sleeping. You know, try hitting a baseball under those conditions, and you look at his statistics. They were down in every single category significantly, except for on base percentage. And he was our he was our Mister Clutch in 2013. So I'm just saying, I think. His health is the biggest off-season transaction for the Red Sox. That's my prediction. I know Joe Kelly's predicting he'll win a Cy Young. Would love that. But I'm, I'm really excited to see Mike Napoli back and awake. Well, and, and no, I, I agree. He seems 
pretty pumped about the fact that he had this operation. And I read that he said, you know, I was ready to retire. I didn't know what to do. This was really, really hurting me. So, yeah, if, if he's healthy, that adds a lot to and our then, lineup that we were missing last year. And then Dustin says he's healthy. Yeah, well, we'll see. Here's the problem. People get old. They get older, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen it with the Yankees. Teixeira, I'm healthy, and he's hurt, right? Rodriguez, he's too old. I mean, they, they just, as you get older, we know it, things start to happen that you're not anticipating. You think, oh, yeah, I'll be like I was when I was 27. And it just doesn't work out that way. Well, you have to remember that this is our team, and those, those are Yankees you're talking about. They, they lie, they cheat over there. <laughs> okay. Dustin Pedroia is going to be honest. Mark. Well, I, I'm a little concerned about Pedroia's uh, um, decline in slugging and on base percentage. He's, he's in the decline phase of his career. You, play, you try playing chess with a broken wrist. You try it. <laughs> Don't you think you'd lose a few more games than you or matches than you might not have if you know you're playing with a broken wrist just with chess? No, I don't. I don't think you can make the chess to baseball comparison. But well, no, I, my, I get your point. I get your point. Here's my here's my concern, and, well, and this also gets me to the uh, to this discussion that I think is a big part of what's going on with the Red Sox is depth, right? So if we think about their 25-man roster right now, right? Let's assume they have a 12-person bullpen, right? Mm-hmm. That gives them 13 players on offense. So let's go through the lineup, right? We got Ortiz at DH. Yep. Vazquez is going to catch. Napoli's going to play first. Pedroia second. Xander short. Sandoval third. Ramirez is going to play left. Center field is going to be uh, Castillo because they gave him a seven-year deal for whatever. At, right. They're not going to bench him. And then I think Victorino starts in right, with Betts being, you know, super utility guy who's going to relieve um, Pablo at third and Pedroia at second and Rosny at short in in center and um, Victorino in in left and Hanley in right. I mean left and right. I got that confused, right? So we got those guys. So you have to assume <coughs> our bench is going to have Betts, Hannigan, right? He's the backup catcher. Yeah. And Brock Holt also a super utility guy. That leaves one spot for Craig or Nava. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, my guess is they're going to wait and see what happens in spring training and see how Craig is, right? Right. And if Craig is healthy, he stays because he's still got quite a bit of upside, and he was a monster three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I think Nava is like – I think he's 32. I think Nava's – he turns thirty-two end of this month. I think he's that right? up. Yeah, I think his upside is done. So I think they're going to keep people around. I know they signed Nava to a, I think a one-year deal mm-hmm. to avoid arbitration. Um, but what I, are I you don't doing th- with Jack Bradley? He's going to AAA. He's got. He needs some more seasoning. <laughs> he, he does. I, I looked at this. So let's seasoning. Where where could we, how, where can that guy? improve and i understand well okay he can improve his hitting i don't think he can i think he's overmatched well he may be but i did um i, I don't know where, okay so here so i i was anticipating your jbj comments right so he only has 443 minor league at bats at triple a at triple a right uh-huh 
So Ortiz had 643 AAA at-bats. Yeah. Pedroia, 733. Victorina, 830. So those, I think he needs more seasoning. You know, Pedroia came up and stunk. Yes. His first part, right? But he also sure had did. he also had two hundred more, three hundred more at bats than Jackie at AAA. So I, I don't, I'm not ready to write Jackie Bradley Jr. off just yet. So you think the worst thing that ever happened to Jackie Bradley was that fantastic spring he had two years ago? Yes. Yeah. I don't think he was ready. I mean, there are some. I mean, to be fair. There are some guys who didn't need much AAA seasoning. Napoli, you know, he only had 90 AAA at-bats. Yeah. Ramirez, Hanley Ramirez, zero at-bats in AAA. Mm. Pablo Sandoval, only 29 AAA at-bats. So I, there's some people who did, don't need it and some people who do, right? And I think, yeah. I think Jackie Bradley needs more time at AAA to adjust to that type of pitching. And I think he still may come up and struggle again, but... That guy, if you can get him to even hit 260 with a 320 on base percentage, his defense mm-hmm. is so valuable, so amazing, yeah. that he he's not worth throwing away yet. No. But I so I I, I, so, I love the guy. I yes, would so, I would love it if he would start to hit a little more. But that's why. So I sent him to AAA. You've got the depth. Oh, You've you got, sent him. I I would send him to AAA. <laughs> I would send him yeah. to AAA for the whole year. Yeah. Unless some injury occurs, right? But you got Betts as super utility fielder, Holt as super utility infielder and outfielder. You got guys who can fill in everywhere. So their depth is really pretty fantastic. The question is, what do you do with Craig and Nava? Now, I'm inclined to say Craig, but then you've also got Nava who just, you know, he uh, is a very good, I think he's better against uh, when he bats lefty. Right. Right. right, so we don't have tons of left-handed bats, right? So, uh, Victory is a, sh- a, a switch hitter, but not the best. Castillo bats right-handed. Hanley's right-handed, but I, I don't really think I ever want to put Nava in in over Hanley. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But so there's you know a question about maybe you keep Nava, you know, for his left-handed his left-handedness against righties, but that's. Quite a bit of specialty, I think. And so, he's not—he's not bad in the field. No, he's not. Yeah. But I mean, Craig. So Craig, he's going to turn thirty. And from twenty eleven to twenty thirteen, he had an OPS plus of one fifty one, one thirty seven, and one twenty nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy can hit when he's healthy. We'll see. Maybe he won't be healthy. Maybe something happened to him. Maybe he's on the decline, right? Yeah, you, I mean, you seem a little more confident that he's not on the decline versus Pedroia. Just wondering, what, it, what is it about Craig? It's just the excitement that he, of what he could possibly bring to the table? Well, I think Pedroia's in, in his year 33 season, isn't he? I'm not sure. I, you know, uh, you're right. Nava, he will turn 32 this year. But I don't. I don't know about Pedroia. Well, I can find out. Yeah. So Pedroia turns thirty-two this year. Mm-hmm. So he's two years older than than Craig. Mm. Um. 
Now, why do you have uh, Castillo playing ahead of Mookie Betts? It seemed like Farrell was uh, doing handstands and uh, cheers for Betts as the leadoff hitter. Well, you you paid Rosny Castillo seven years, I don't know, 70-some-odd million dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you put him on the bench. And if you if you read everything, who was his coach in the Arizona Fall League or something like that? It was some Red Sox mm-hmm. guy said, like, this guy's – and he had a really good Arizona Fall League. Right. I don't know. We'll see what happens in spring. I think Betts is – you know, Betts could probably actually, honestly, still use a little more AAA time. Right, right. I, I mean, why make – we made that mistake last year of starting all these rookies. Right. You know, and while Castillo is technically a rookie, he's a little older. Right? He's from Cuba, so he's played before, right? So, uh, you know, I, I don't see any re- reason to rush bets. I'd keep him, you know, get him, you know, 15 at-bats a week, 20 at-bats a week. It keeps – you know, play him at second, give Pedroia a break every now and then. Uh-huh. Give Sandoval a break every now and then. Give Victorino needs a break every now and then. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Well, then let's get rid of Brock Holt. I'm not sold on Brock Holt. I think he's a career utility player who, who hit way above his, his uh, natural standing last year. I think we should get rid of him. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not adverse to that, you know. Keep Betts and Nava and get rid of Holt. I, I you just got to find a taker for one of these. I just don't think I think I think Nava's out of options. I don't know if Holt is or not. I don't know, but Holt of um, guys who played over fifty games last year on the Red Sox, he had the highest batting average for balls in play. What do we make of that? So he was a little lucky. Yeah, that's what worries me. And uh, the person who had the lowest outside of uh, Ortiz, and I don't know that that counts because of the shift, but uh, uh, was Jackie Bradley and Will Middlebrooks. Well, and thank God Will is gone. I mean, we can we can talk to that transaction, but that's not really all to discuss because you know how I feel about Will Middlebrooks. Mm. I mean, I good riddance, Will. Yeah. Okay, so I, I kind of felt like um, the sleep apnea surgery was a big impact transaction. You kind of like, or not? maybe it's not the transaction, but you really like the uh, Ramirez signing. What's, what's next on your list as a, a possible big impact transaction for the Red Sox this year? Well, I, I wouldn't actually say Hanley's my top Right. Trans- right. I, I actually Just think. I'm I actually, saying, now what's another big transaction? Well, well, I think the most important transaction was uh, Rick Porcello. Yeah, you like Ricky. Yeah, I think um, he really had a statistically pretty fantastic year last year. Yes, he did. Really coming into his own. Probably was better than Verlander last year. And, yeah, I was great. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy just. He throws lots of innings. Mm-hmm. Um, he could turn into a number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a contract year, right? So he's going to want to pitch well. And unlike Clay Buckholtz, he doesn't take 20 minutes between pitches when he's in a jam. You know, so your defense is active. It's ready. Yeah, you know, well, you, you know how I feel about that, right? So, I mean, I, I actually wish they put the pitch clock in <laughs> just for <laughs> Buckholtz. <laughs> Clay, you need to practice with the pitch clock. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm not sure about that as much as I think, you know, I mean, this is a whole, we can discuss this, we can discuss this at some other time, but I, I really worry that uh, Major League Baseball is making changes um, that are really band-aid changes and ignoring the fact that the biggest problem is commercialism and that they're, you know, their baseball games take longer, I think, because of commercial time. Uh, well, not not necessarily because, you know, guys are taking so long between pitches. I mean, when you think about remember when Earl Weaver used to walk out to the mound and he'd have the whole infield and he'd be yakking away or, you know, Weaver would come out and argue every pitch. You know, I, I, I feel like pitch count is unnecessary. <clears throat> it's really like let's limit, let's limit baseball kowtowing to commercial breaks, you know. Well, you don't mean, you don't mean pitch count. You mean a pitch clock. Right. Pitch but, um, well, I, I may agree with that, but commercialism is not going away. That's how baseball makes its money. That's how players make their money. They're not going to eliminate commercials. They're just not. Well, so, can we, can so, we at least just acknowledge that? I mean, I'd be okay if they say, okay, we're going to put a pitch clock, but the reason we're doing a pitch clock is because the game takes so long because Fox wants all these commercials. I mean, at least do that. I why? Hate- why? Why are they going to say that? That make you feel better that it they make- that they admit it? it what, it's like it's like in America. As long as you say I'm sorry, I take the blame. Everything's okay. I hate that about America. That's such yeah. like oh, as long as I apologized, everything's okay. Well, at least acknowledge what you're doing. I mean, I I feel like I feel like as a as a nationwide sports fandom that we're we're being manipulated by the very media that's prolonging the game into saying well the reason it takes so long for baseball game has nothing to do with the fact that people are exhausted at 11:30 quarter 12 at night and it doesn't matter how fast the game is going it's i don't want to be watching a game at midnight you know no one complained about games when they start at four o'clock in the afternoon or seven o'clock in the afternoon there weren't as many interruptions, you know. It, it, I mean, those guys just just played. The commercials were sometimes on the screen, or you know, I just feel like it's gotten out of hand. And if baseball would just admit it, just as in the same way the NBA, if they could just say, "Look, the reason our games are so long is because we give coaches seventeen timeouts, and thirteen of them are commercial timeouts." It's crazy. Okay, but, no yeah, moment. But, but what does the admission accomplish? At least I feel better. Oh, least, okay. That's least, all that matters. You least, feel better. Mark feels better. The, so the world can now continue to turn on its axis. And, and, yeah, and everything can be solved. Admitting, it's admission of what you're doing. It's not – I'm such a baseball purist that it's not the game that's too long. It's your greed that's destroyed it. And if you could admit that, then go ahead and do what you want because I'm, I'm not watching anything live anymore anyway. You know, I'm going to fast forward through your stupid commercials. As a matter of fact, this is another side topic, but I've canceled Nesson. I can't take Jerry and whatever his name is, Orsillo. Don, Don Orsillo. I can't take them anymore. I can't, I can't suffer through another year of those so, idiots. So what are you doing? You're going to listen to it on the radio? Or just you're going to come live at my house and come to all the games? There's that, and then there's... <laughs> There's, I'm going to figure out a way to get MLB package and see if I can knowingly lie about where my computer is located. So I'm going to see if I can trick 
Major League Baseball into thinking my computer is living in San Francisco. You actually can. There's a program that allows you to do that. I'll, I'll send you the link. To so that. off the air, you'll have to send me the link because I'm will. doing it. Because I can't, I can't take those butt heads anymore. I can't. So actually, because Nesson comes with my cable package, you can just eliminate Nesson? <clears throat> no, I, we eliminated uh, our heavy... We're trying... Um, well, our listener doesn't need to hear about my <laughs> cable package. We might lose the one listener we have. But I'm I, don't think, I don't think we have any listeners, so <laughs> we're not going to be losing anybody. I'm trying Apple TV. That's what I'm trying. Because uh, I just I can't. If Nesson brings back Jenny Dell, maybe. But if they're not going to bring back Jenny Dell, then there's no point in watching Nesson. Okay. So. I'm not sure I can do that. Well, if I could trick my computer, which I, I'm thinking of doing, I would think about getting rid of cable because it's just a bunch of crap on there. Well, it is. It is. Okay, so that, that, Speaking that's, of quite, that's quite a, uh, a segue. Um, that may or may not stay in the podcast. We'll have to see. Um, yeah. So what do you think of the Wade Miley transaction? Well, I thought of you when that happened because you were so excited when, about Ruby De La Rosa and Alan Webster when we acquired those two. And you couldn't wait. And they were appearing on every fantasy team you owned. And, I, and you convinced me that sitting in our farm system – were the second coming, because they came from L.A., of Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale. I just couldn't wait to get there. And unfortunately, you know, maybe we got Bill Singer <laughs> on a good day. Uh, but I think it's a fantastic transaction. I, you know, we gave away nothing that has uh, wooed us for, for a pitcher who's going to give us lots of innings. I, I feel this way about the 2014 offseason that it's the same, I think. Um, you have the same run. kind of vibe. You have the same kind of vibe after 2013, before yeah, 2013. Yeah, I do. I, I have loved every single move, you know, starting with, you know, enough already with David Ross. I'm so sick and tired of these guys owning Boston after they've lived here for two years. You know, uh, what's our name? Jeremy Gomes. Oh, my God. Johnny Gomes. John. Who's Jeremy Gomes? Oh, that's <laughs> you're, you're student I had. <laughs> It's a student I had several years ago. Johnny Gomes. God, good riddance to that guy. And and Ross, heck of a guy, nice guy, but this this you know, this pacifier for pitchers, oh I have to have this catcher? No, I, I can't stand that. Do you really think can you imagine Jim Palmer, Dave McNally, or Mike Quayer saying to Earl Weaver, I must have Elrod Hendricks or I must have Andy Etchebaron? Do you, can you imagine that? Yeah, no, I I can't. No, Earl would say Get out there and throw nine innings. Don't look at me to come out. Just get out there and do your job. And so this nonsense that Lester has to have his personal catcher is just ridiculous. Especially well, when but I, I also think there's baseball's way different than it was in the 1970s. And the relationship between players and management is mm-hmm. much different. If they could just admit that. <laughs> all, all we want is an admission of guilt. <laughs> And then we'll we'll sentence you accordingly. If you admit your guilt, that will it will lessen your sentence. That's all that matters. Well, it actually will improve my willingness to watch more games. You know, I, I just if John Farrell would just admit that he has absolutely, really, no say in in who he plays and when. He really doesn't. It's 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 all about the front office. Otherwise, you wouldn't have said. Well, we spent. 
six million dollars on Castillo, we have to play him. And that don't you think John Farrell's thinking that a little bit that Castillo gets first look? I'm sure he does, and yeah. I think he probably should. You're not going to fork out that kind of money and not play the guy. And I mean, Betts is still on his rookie contract. He's four hundred grand. I mean, yeah. he's going to be around for a bit. Okay. So my yeah. So my I think I actually think the Porcello and the Miley transactions yes. are the two best for these guys. Um, I like Hanley if he can stay healthy. You know, that's a big question for nearly anybody. But you know, if Han- you know what Hanley's comps are through his age thirty season for Baseball Reference, no, Nomar, Ryan Sandberg, Robinson Cano, Joe Torre, Miguel Tejada, and Derek Jeter. Now nice. that's now that's a nice group, but the only one who didn't fall off after age thirty two was Derek Jeter. So that makes you wonder a bit about. Hanley's longevity, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a nice group of comps, right? Um, yeah. Pablo, I would put as probably the fourth level transaction mm-hmm. because I'm very concerned about his on base percentage, uh, which has been dropping. Don't. Don't be concerned about that. You know why? Why? That's glass half empty. Glass half full is. We don't have to come to the ballpark or turn on the radio because I'm not turning on the television this year to listen to those idiots. We don't have to have Brock Holt or Will Middlebrooks at third base. That's how we feel. It's like this incredible sigh of relief. That's us as a fan. We're not even on that team. Imagine what the players feel like. We actually have a third baseman that is going to get a hit once in a while. He's going at, you know. Worst case scenario, he averages one hit per four at bats. That's worst case scenario. That's better than we got from Middlebrooks. And don't tell me Will Brook Brock Holt did this or that. He's like a, a a Judy singles hitter. I don't get that out of here at third base. There's no there's no room for that. Sandoval psychologically boosts that lineup tenfold. Well, I I don't deny that. I think Sandoval for this year is a perfectly good signing, and maybe even for next year. But mm-hmm. we got him for another five years after that. Right, and I think he's he's not gonna he's not gonna fare well as he ages because I I did look at this he's not gonna stay at third base I I think probably right. what the Red Sox plan is Ortiz has got one two more years and then Pablo goes to first right because I I think Napoli's gone after this year right right I don't think they're gonna sign him so Pablo right. may actually play first next year and we'll see you know I don't know Cicchini or somebody else play third base next year. But you know the only two guys who weighed more than 240 pounds and played third base um, beyond their age 27 season? No. Miguel Cabrera and Scott Rowland. That's it. Mm. There just aren't guys. And, and th- that's a, those are actually different than Cabrera too, uh, than uh, Pablo, because they're taller. I think Rowland's like 6'4", 6'5". Mm-hmm. You know, Pablo's 5'11", or something, right? So he's a short, fat guy. There just is no one like him. And maybe he's an outlier, right? Maybe he's just the only guy who can do that. He's just a freak of nature. Maybe. But I do worry that um, he's not going to be able to stay at third after this year. Maybe you've just antagonized our one listener who's a little overweight. I'm not sure I would have antagonized a listener who's overweight. Uh, I'm saying Pablo... You just is said, a large guy. You can't. You, can't re- you have no faith in him because he's 
the heaviest third baseman in the history of baseball. <laughs> That's true. He is. That's so, not- he, so we have the human backstop at third base. You can't hit it past him because he's too wide. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm not too concerned about Pablo this year. It's the next six yeah. years of the contract that oh, yeah. worry me. I I think we're going to be. He's a DH waiting to happen, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, but he doesn't produce like a DH is his problem. Mm. I mean his his OBP the last four years five fifty two good four forty seven four seventeen four fifteen. If if he's going to have a four hundred uh, slugging percentage. That's just not doing it for a DH. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, not- certainly, you know, the, what the Red Sox have had over anybody is they've, they've had this incredible advantage with um, Ortiz. Ortiz is just above and beyond the best DH over the past, what, eight years? Yeah. There's no one like him. Well, I mean, he arguably has had a Hall of Fame career. If he keeps it up two more years... I mean that'll be a podcast, I guess. But I, I think Ortiz could make could make a pretty strong case for uh, the Hall of Fame. So let, let's move on to. I, I just like to touch on um, Justin Masterson. Okay. What do you think of him? Uh, well, I also I sent you. Yeah, I'm opening whatever this. That, Wade Miley, that's quite a face. That worries. That's almost me. that's almost as ugly as uh, Clay Buckles. <laughs> It's, that's the only thing that worries me about Wade Miley is, is his looks. It's that look. <laughs> I think we've we've let a crazy man into the barn. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's like, ooh. It's it's not the most flattering uh, photo. That no, you it looks like it looks page. like he grew up on a family that uh, sells a lot of moonshine. <laughs> Maybe, but I I will say I like the fact that he went 194, 202, 201 innings like that. Yeah. All right. As far as Masterson goes, yeah. You know, um, again, this is this is not based on statistics. This is just gut instinct. You know, last year or 2013 when Farrell came in, all of us were so hopeful that our former pitching coach was going to turn it around for the likes of Lester and Buckholtz and, and whether it was a coincidence or or not, those two, you know, Buckholtz had a great year, fantastic year. Lester was, you know, was fantastic. And maybe this is what Farrell does for a for a healthy Masterson, because clearly he wasn't healthy last year. Yeah, I mean he lost three miles off his fastball. There was and not just his fastball, that if you look his fastball, his <clears> slider, <throat> everything was just three miles an hour down. Which love, that's got to make yeah. that has to make a huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. Three miles an hour at this level, mm-hmm. that just gives someone a, a a split second more to square up the bat, and I, I, I that's probably huge when you're throwing eighty eight as, as opposed to ninety one, ninety two. That's got to right. make a big difference. And he's a he's a low ball pitcher, right? Yeah, you know. So what sinker is his is his deal? So if it's Going a little slower. What's his slider? I think his slider was what slider? is his out pitch. You know, and he had, of any Red Sox starter, other than Craig Breslow, I'm sorry, any Red Sox pitcher, he had the highest batting average for balls in play. So whether that's just bad luck or... Well, I think they were hitting him hard is yeah. the problem. Yeah. yeah. He had 
other than Craig Breslow, who had a wonderful season for us last year. <laughs> he had a higher. That was sarcastic. Yeah, base runners per nine innings. He he. It was even higher than our 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 friend Felix. You know, so our friend he, Felix. Felix oh, Dubrant. He was worse than Dubrant, and so that's that's a bad year. Yeah. You know, when you when you when you rank behind Felix Dubron, you're not doing anything really well. Well, and that that uh, supports your position that this reminds you of the pre 2013 offseason. We bought all these guys, right? Kind of like on a let's get some quantity, and we'll hit with some of them, and that's kind of what's going on, right? I mean, Masterson, that's a you know conditional deal and if he pitches well he'll get paid yeah and there's a good it's a good risk I where think. is where is breslow where is, is he, where he on is our he? roster still yeah like, they, they they signed him to a one-year deal he had a 186 whip last year yeah he was horrible last year i mean <laughs> maybe he's done i i don't know but you know the i think it's these lefties tend to they can have up and down years i think and he was hurt right he was hurt i think that's what they're saying but he's so smart, he'll figure it out. Well, yeah, he's a biochemical neuroscientist, Yaley, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so uh, another final point was uh, Robbie Ross. You you hated that, huh? Uh, you convinced me, Chris. I um I admit that was a knee jerk reaction. Me remembering Ronaldo as like being unhittable either last year, or the year before, in the, in our farm system. And I didn't do a lot of research. I didn't realize the guy's like what twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and we need help in the bullpen. And Ross is a lefty that gets righties out. So that's a little confusing. But uh, so you know, when you just do this sort of, you know, on paper, what do we have in that bullpen? Lefties, righties. But he's a guy that they're going to bring in actually to get righties out because they. Um, so. That's a good pickup. Ronaldo wasn't going to help us. Well, he, he, Ronaldo seems to me in the same ilk as Webster and De La Rosa. Yeah, you know, uh, we've had our, they've had their chance. Nothing happens, and you get some, what you can for him. And we've got other guys now coming up. I mean, it's not like Henry Owens and these right. other guys. We ne- we need to have spots for Ronaldo. I mean, I think Ross is a good risk. He pitches well when he's a reliever, not when he's a starter. Right. You know, right. we'll see what happens. And so, I mean, the lefties out of the bullpen are going to be, I don't know what they're going to do, but now they have the option of Zach Britton, who pitched well. Yeah. yeah. And, but he's out of options. So right. if they don't keep him, he can go on waivers. Uh, Lane pitched well. You know, he had an 095 ERA and 30 appearances. I mean, that guy pitched really well last yeah. year. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. And they got Breslow. I, I'm sure they're going to sort that out. I think Ross may have another option, so he, maybe he'll go down to AAA. Well, they designated uh, Britain for assignment. Oh, did they? The 30th, yeah. So, I mean, we've got Lynn, Ross, I, I mean, Tommy Lane, Ross, and, uh, and Breslow mm-hmm. as lefties in the bullpen. You know, we don't only need two of them. We'll see how Breslow pans out in spring. Yeah, I think we may find we, we miss Andrew Miller more than we want to recognize and the fact that he'll now be pitching and pinstripes might make it even harder but again you know the guy the guy can make a big impact in 60 or 70 games uh 
but perhaps not necessarily for any length of time, maybe an inning, but if it's an inning that gets you to an Uhara or, um, you know, another... Mojica. A Mojica. Mm-hmm. I think they're thinking, I've heard they, they've actually okay. said Mojica's available in trade, so we'll see where that plays out. They re-signed Tazawa. I am a little worried about Koji. I love Koji. Koji yeah. is just... Koji can do no wrong after yeah. 2013. Nah. But I'm I'm a little concerned. Yeah. Well, you know, what might be interesting to see if Farrell, if there's any advantage to looking at 2013. I mean, Koji was middle relief in 2013 and used not sparingly, but not consistently in high-pressure situations early. And I'm wondering if... Um, that helped his arm strength as the year got on. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I hadn't thought yeah. about that. I, I am worried. I think he's 41 this year. Yeah. that's. Yeah. No, he's just getting up there. You can't yeah. keep doing it forever. You can't be Mariano Rivera, <laughs> who I think actually could have kept going. Yeah. Well, they're you know they're going to give Brendan Workman a he's, – he's, he's in the bullpen. We'll see what he does. Workman's good out of the bullpen. And where's Stephen Wright? Where, where is he in all our – He's writing more music uh, to off, off Dreamweaver. Okay. Or he's working on his stand-up comic routine. Or he could be, yes. Right? Yeah. So, I um, bought some instant water yesterday. It was in a package, and you just add liquid. Uh, I'm not getting the reference. That's, that's Stephen Wright, the, oh. uh, the comedian who's yeah. a Boston native. No? Okay. No, uh, a big transaction that I... I I just want to give a shout out to is the fact that we let Ryan LeBarnway go and we can stop hoping that he does something and yeah. uh, we no longer have to watch him hit into a, a double play or strike out in a meaningful situation. I'm, I'm really happy with that one. Just want to throw that out there. All right. So I think that covers the important moves. I think we're both on board with what they've done this offseason and we're hoping for pretty very good things. Very excited. Very, very excited for the season. Okay. I think. I am. I just last year was a little strange going into it. I know there was sort of like the uh, momentum still there, the carryover or the hangover really from winning the whole thing, but it just seemed sluggish. And maybe there's something to be said about winning, how hard it is to repeat because you spend a lot of time in the off season doing some well-deserved self-congratulation, you know, and the tours and who knows what goes on and, Maybe you're just not as hungry. We certainly have a hungry team waiting for us in spring training. Yeah, but I really don't want to. I mean, I would I trade in a championship every year for a last place the following year? I don't know because it was painful to go to those games last. I mean, the mm-hmm. up and the down mm-hmm. was quite something. I mean, going to those games last year really, really sucked at times. But. Yeah. Going to the games in 2013, there was nothing like that. That was right. incredible. Right, right. Well, last year too, though, it was hard to like the team at times. Yeah. I mean, once the euphoria wore off, once the you know it was clear just the magic wasn't there, and we started to see players for who they really were in terms of their capabilities, it was hard to get. Jonesy for Gomes and center, or I mean in left field, and at times Nava and center, who was really struggling. And 
you know, Victorino hurt all the time. It was a hard team to like. Well, I'm not sure it was a hard team to like. I, I think what you're talking about, it was a hard team to adjust to injuries, right? I mean, Gomes had to play more than he should have. Nava had to play more than he should have. Um, Napoli was hurt. I mean, I, I, I think if we'd had our stalwarts there, mm-hmm. we might have felt different about seeing Gomes on occasion rather than seeing him nearly every day. I think we're both in agreement. I think because I had to see those guys too often. I didn't like them. Yeah. You know? And I, every time Middlebrooks played, it was sort of like we're playing eight on nine. Yeah, that, that is the way I felt. We really are. And Lackey didn't have it, you know? And uh, and Clay didn't have it. The magic wasn't there. So, get ready. All right. Hoping All right. for magic this time. 